0: Good morning, good evening, good night, whoever or wherever you may be. I'm Alan Arante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. Today's guest is somebody familiar from episode 46, and that is Kathy Cameron. Her show, or the show she's on, Shooters, is now on Amazon Prime, season one, starring Eddie Lane, created by Gray Cauldron, directed by Gary Schmad. And um, this is this episode's different in that we only talk about Shooters. So I would go to 46, check out her origin story and uh, come back to this episode and hear what uh, she has to say about being a shrewd character in shooters, perhaps the most interesting character arc in the show, in my opinion. Without further delay, this is Kathy Cameron. Sorry that these questions might be a little, some of them might be a little spicier than what I'm used to. How's that, how does that work for you, Kathy? Uh, bring it. <laughs> that's, that's what you said the other day, and I, I, uh, I, I shuddered. I said, oh, my God, I don't know that I can bring it. Um, but anyhow, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you on our number one social hour live podcast?
0: Yes, thank you for being a guest. I am doing very well. I was nervous before I pressed uh, the record button here but I've since eased up. I have a beer right beside me. I bet. (laughs) Um, And uh, not to mention, we have something of a rapport, I would say, so this is the easiest part for me. Um, How how does it feel uh, now that Shooters is out?
1: Uh, You know, it feels great. It was a long time coming. The show was, uh, you know, we started uh, filming it, or the the guys that put it together, which are uh, a, a group of producers, um, including uh, Gary Schmad, Eddie Lane, George Daw, Harv Rubin, uh, Brooke Eldridge, and a few others. So it's a large group of producers, and they began working on it about three years ago. But most of the filming was done in the last year. So it was a it was a fun project, but it's really nice to see it finally out.
0: How do you even keep the cap on it? So so what I mean is, you know, when we had talked last time, I think you had shot every you had all your stuff had been shot by that point from at our first interview, right?
1: That's correct.
0: So how do you keep the cap on it? You know, how do you not want to share all the 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 still shots that you could get from like, you know, the footage? And how do you you know, you were pretty quiet about it up until the you know, now that it's released, you've been telling us about it. But uh, how do you contain your excitement over such a big project like this?
1: Well, uh, you know, it's it's just a uh, part of professionalism because not being a producer, being an actress, it's not my place to do that. So I <laughs> look to the producers to point me to <clears throat> when and what I can say. Uh, but it is pretty exciting and it's hard, you know, and there were a few friends that um, got uh, an earful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. So tell me, Kathy, uh, your character – who is she and what does she want in Shooters?
1: Okay, so uh, my character is very interesting, and I'm certainly hoping it's not a typecast because she's not a very nice <laughs> person. Uh, her name happens to be Kathy, and it also becomes apparent in later episodes that she is also known as Madam Cat mm. and uh, is becomes the owner of Madam Cat's House of Love. <laughs> and uh, what she wants is... Uh, pretty much to make money. So she can make money in a number of ways. And one of those is being a spy on the guys in the business, which we'll talk about what that is, I'm sure, as we get around to it. But the other way she can make money is if they screw up, she can take the business over and make it into what she wants it to be. So she kind of has a deal going with, with somebody on the side. So it's, uh, you know, kind of Mm. part of the sub story. So it's pretty fun.
0: And the, the Kathy character, she stood, because I finished uh, the series. I think it was yesterday, actually, if I was able to finish it and her character, your character, uh, the arc is really interesting, frankly. And I don't know that I'm saying it could be, I'm saying this because you're my pal and we've talked before. (laughs) But I will, even in jest, I will say I think uh, your character is the most interesting character and has the most interesting arc or at least approaches that. And because to me, that was the most – actually, no, there were other noticeable arcs. But anyway, I was very surprised with where your character ends up. Your character is very shrewd and um, intelligent. How much of that was written in the script in the sense where, you know, you read the line – And you can tell this character is being a little conniving or shrewd. Or did you imbue the character with that? You know, how much of the character is you and how much was on the page?
1: It was pretty much all on the page. Um, The directors, there were several directors over the different episodes and the directors were great in letting me know how to play the parts. For example, one of the earlier scenes that I shot was the car scene where I'm driving in the car. Um, For those who haven't seen the series yet, you should go and watch it. There's a a scene where I'm driving in the car and I'm on the phone with someone. And I was playing the character as a jilted lover. And the director was in the car saying, oh, no, you're not a jilted lover here. You've got something on this guy. So the direction throughout the show was great. There were several directors that particular scene was directed by Eddie Lane. another phone scene that's uh, very good was directed by George Daw and then I was directed and also in several scenes by Gary Schmidt, who's a very good director as well.
0: Mm. yeah, I noticed your uh, I, it's either your first scene or it's so in a very early scene where um, your character isn't very developed yet but I found it fascinating that. I, I want to say it's the first scene you're in. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're sitting on um, a man's lap. And I, yes. can't remember, I can't remember who he is.
1: It's Brooke, Brooke Eldridge. Uh,
0: so what does, you know, that the fact that your character being a woman, th- when that's the first time you show up, what, what does that say about the story and the the content of this series? What are the themes at play um, that can, that are, um, you know, implicit in just the fact that your first scene is you sitting on a man's
1: lap. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that. Um, So the, the show shooters at the 50,000 foot level is a comedy, but it's not when you drive down and that is a perfect example of, of what I'm about to say. When you drive down into the series And you watch it, it's really a farce in the style of The Office or Parks and Recreation. It's a heavily scripted farce about the objectification of women, in this particular case, in the entertainment industry. And of course, this is something that's been in the news, on people's minds, the Harvey Weinstein, cast, the casting casting couch, and all of that kind of stuff. And as you watch the series, there are four... There are a lot of characters in the show, but there are four male characters, main male characters, Eddie, George, Jordan, and Harv. And they pretty much, some more than others, are all objectifying the women in the office, the, the models, the actresses, in different ways and for different reasons. But as you watch my character, and you talked about my the arc of my character, and and the other female characters and the two main female characters are myself and Sarah. You also see how the women who stick up for themselves don't necessarily end up with a good outcome. Whereas the ones Mm. that kind of buy into it, like Sarah does, Sarah, (laughs) the character, Sarah kind of buys in, you know, she's kind of sleeping with the boss and then, you know, what comes around and she ends up quitting because, you know, it, it just doesn't work out very well. And then my character buys in even in a different way. And and my character <laughs> further objectifies other women mm. Mm. and takes advantage of these other women that are now in a bad position because they've been objectified and used. So it's there's a in spite of the fact that when you watch the trailers and you read the stuff about the show, you think it's just a comedy. It's not. There is a deep social message here about women and how women need to support women and and uh, and how women need to stand up for themselves, not just in this, you know, not just in the entertainment industry and in all industries, but this particular show is about the entertainment industry.
0: Yeah, I thought it was very interesting, actually. Um, so first of all, it seemed very clear that one of the themes in the show is that Women are um, subservient. It, all the men are the people in power, and the women will do whatever it takes to further their career. So uh, that may mean sleeping with somebody. Right. Um, that that may be subject subjugating other women. Um, so that's that is one thing that I found was really interesting about the show is that it wasn't just a clear cut. Uh, objectification of women by men's story but it it was more of a tangled web uh, and i thought that was very interesting yeah in ter- in terms of uh, i was very curious because the footage i mean i won't spoil anything let's just say there are a lot of um what do they call them uh boobs in the uh, show Indeed. there are a lot of <laughs> boobs and uh so i was curious Were the create because you were on set, so were the creators, like you know, the directors, writers, producers, whoever the men on set were. um, Were they particularly careful in their treatment of the actors, um, considering the content? I mean, considering it's um, a lot of sexual themes, uh, or was it just any old day at the office for them? Do you think?
1: Oh no, this was very professionally done, and the women that are in the show knew what what they were doing and everything was very professional and up and up. Most definitely.
0: Were you asked to, um, go nude at any point?
1: No, um, that, you know, that doesn't fit with my character at all. Um, so no, I, I was not, it was, it was never part, part of my character or the script in any way for me.
0: Yeah. Your character was interesting. Um I mean, it reminded me of, um, there's this uh, Angela Davis quote, which I will butcher, of course, but the, uh, you know, the black feminist and scholar yes. professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about how, um, you know, when you bring up when you bring up the lowest of the low. So so, you know, we know that uh, color trans um, women are the most um They suffer the most almost out of anybody in the world and that when those people rise up, the whole world rises up with you. And so your character, so I say that because your character is interesting because uh, Angela Davis also says, you know, and I'm not talking about the women who just want to break the glass ceiling. Do you think that your character was uh, for lack of better terms, more of a feminist or was she just a woman who wanted to break through the glass ceiling and get where she wanted to be, despite where the other woman women ended up.
1: Yeah, that's definitely my character. I'm going to get I my character is going to get where she wants to go whether she's sitting on a man's lap and and uh you know, wheedling him or blackmailing a character, I do that <laughs> or uh sending a character on a wild goose chase to get him out of my hair or <sighs> um yeah in any any way I can get there, and that's not me personally by the way that I'm <laughs> speaking of my character, Madame Cat is going to get what she's going to get one way <laughs> or another
0: and do you think that okay, the fact that uh she was sit, her the first scene that she's in is uh at least in very early scene is her on a man's lap. Does that sort of uh show that she's willing to do what it takes to get where she wants? I think so. Yeah, I thought, um, and I'll just say it, even if it is because we're friends, I think your character was the most interesting
1: in the show. Thank you very much. Please email the producers and tell them <laughs> you'd like to see more of me in season two. <laughs> yeah,
0: Shooter season one. It's out now on Amazon Prime. Um, I enjoyed it. Starring Eddie Lane. Eddie Lane, by the way, let me ask you a question. You um, you can lie if you would like, but I'll say it anyway. Eddie Lane is the stud in the show. That's as far as I could um, gather from the character he seems to be the best looking guy gets, you know, what he wants, or at least it seems that way. Uh, is Eddie Lane sexy?
1: Yes. Eddie's very sexy. Eddie's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for many, many years, uh, just friends and (laughs) seriously. And, um, he is charming and fun and a very, very good friend and uh, yes, there is eye candy in the show for men and women, <laughs> and uh, Eddie is definitely eye candy for the ladies.
0: Mm. So e- even though you're friends, um, I think you can still answer this this next question. Like even for me, so for example, if I were to go to the skate park and I see a good looking guy, you know, I'm I'm not gay, but I can see that somebody's handsome, and and I can think of what some of those aspects of that person are that make them attractive and handsome what you know what makes eddie lane sexy
1: oh it's all about the hair mm.
0: <laughs> what's his hair like
1: uh actually we joke that he and i have the same haircut um but i do it a little bit better um he's got a uh, long blonde hair and he uh, uh, does a band bun sometimes, which I personally find very sexy. Although I wish he would just do the top part and he wants to pull it all up. But he's also is into color. So he will put the, you know, a lot of temporary color in his hair. I think he has red and red and pink in it right now for Valentine's day. And, but he'll change the colors up according to, you know, next month, he'll probably have blue and green for St. Patrick's day. Hmm. And he's just got, he's just, he's got a great smile And um, he is just a very fun and genuinely nice person.
0: Mm.
1: And I love going out, you know, to a party when we could party before COVID, Uh, you know, just go to an event or something and having him be there because he always makes things (laughs) fun. He's he's a really fun person, very easy to talk to, never met a stranger if you see him anywhere, please just walk up and talk to him.
0: <laughs> and uh, now, now that I heard you say a, uh, you said a certain word that really um, I think indicated where you might be from. I noticed in the show, it it almost seemed like uh, you seemed very s- southern. There, I I could hear your accent very well in the show. Was was that totally your normal voice, or were you sort of, uh, you know? pumping it up a
1: little bit in the first few episodes. I think I pumped it up a little bit. It is, it is natural. I try not to have it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: they didn't ask me to have it or not to have it by the way on the show. Other things that I've done, I've been asked to try not to have the accent or to pump it up, <laughs> you know, depending on what you're doing. Um, so uh, Yeah. Sorry. And the more beers I have, the stronger it gets.
0: (laughs) No, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was actually really worked for the character um, because it uh, felt, I mean, obviously authentic and real. But there on some level, it might even be considered manipulative, you know, doing that little southern bell thing for the men where all of a sudden their little heart melts in your hand. Um, And I thought it fed your character very well.
1: Well, it's worked well in my life, too,
0: I have to say. <laughs> you know, so in terms of, you know, the whole theme of the show, one of the big themes is like the power dynamics between uh, men and women in Hollywood. Yes. How close do you think reality is to that? Did shooters um, Did shooters uh, do more than what actually happens? Did shooters barely hit the iceberg with what's happening behind the curtain. How close do you think shooters got to um, telling us about what happens in Hollywood?
1: So, you know, I have to say I'm not an A-list actress. I don't have complete carnal knowledge, but the point of this show was to be a farce and to take it past the ridiculous to the sublime and make it just so over the top that it would be funny and it's very irreverent. I think I s- dropped more f- bombs <laughs> in in the shooting in you know, in the hours that I was on the set there than I have in the whole entire rest of my life combined. Um, but uh, but both on and off camera, by the way,' you're just like uh,
0: um,
1: but I think it's out there, but i I also think it goes both ways. Uh-huh. I have to say I I don't believe that women are the only ones in any industry, including the entertainment industry that can be abused. I think in a mm. situation where a woman is in power in a studio or, or a music situation or whatever, I believe the men can be placed in bad positions and end up doing things or being at, feel like they're being pressured to do things that are, that are wrong. So mm-hmm. I th- I do think it goes both ways and we haven't shown that in the first season of shooters except maybe a little bit with Jordan's character. Mm. So um but you know maybe there will be more of that in season 2 where the tables get flipped a little bit. So
0: in shooters, there are a few uh, episodes or a few scenes at least where there were um like group gatherings, and obviously this is before COVID, but there were group gatherings and um, you know, copious amounts of alcohol and uh I think people even wake up with each other the next morning and um so I so I'm thinking about in real life when something like that happens, not people waking up with each other necessarily, but a social gathering where there's lots of alcohol and uh, men and women, various uh, sexes at play. You know, at a party like that, assuming everybody's single, what kind of social activity is going on at like a social gathering like that, whether it's related to uh, Hollywood or not, what do you think is going on in people's minds in that kind of social gathering where maybe they're attracted to someone at the party?
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, in the early episodes and maybe episode one or episode two, or maybe a little bit about there's a party scene and some of that was depicted, but it may have not come out in the show because we, you know, we couldn't include everything. But there's a lot of talk that goes on and there's a lot, you know, I'm making a movie. Oh, I could put you in this movie. Oh, um, those kinds of things. Certainly in the entertainment industry, you're networking, you're looking for, Oh, I've written this screenplay. Um, Oh, well I have a production company. Maybe we could, I could read your screenplay. You're, you're networking. You're trying to figure out who can I work with? to take the next step in my career. And of course there's alcohol. And you know, when the, the the cast, I mean, when you are shooting these things, especially a major motion picture, which this was not, when you're shooting a major motion picture, you're on the set 15, 18 hours a day. (laughs) There's barely time to sneeze Mm. and you have breaks where you can eat or you take a quick nap or whatever. But, and then at night, you know, you, you're drinking with people and you're tired and you're exhausted. So nobody's really on their guard and unless you're really experienced in the mm. industry, I could see how it would be easy <laughs> to get sucked in to something, especially for a young actress who thinks, oh wow, this is my big break, isn't really experienced, doesn't really know what's real and what's not, and some Guy that's wearing a few diamond rings says, "Hey, I'm making this movie. I I can make you a star, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's easy
1: to get sucked in. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I could see that. Uh, imagine this. Uh, this is just a, an invented scenario, and this is uh, in a slightly different direction. Imagine um, there there a group of guys go to a bar, and a group of girls go to a bar, and uh, COVID doesn't exist, and um, one of the guys meets a girl." from the other group and they start talking. What are the signals in general, in real life, not even in a show, but in real life, what are the signals that the guy could look at, that the guy could look for to know that the girl's interested and vice versa? What signals can the girl look for to notice that the guy's interested?
1: Wow. If I knew the answer to that question, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'd be a matchmaker. Mm. Um, that's a tough one, right? Are, I mean, are there are... any
0: red flags? You know, like, oh, I got to get away. You know, it can go either way. So are there red flags or signs that you'd be interested in somebody?
1: Well, um, you know, I think the the red flags would be um, – if somebody comes over and starts telling a story that sounds too good to be true. (laughs) Right. Judge. I I love judge Judy because she's just so spicy, right? I mean, she's Mm. just spunky, And of course she's a thousand years old. Well, you know, she's pretty wise. And one of the things that she always says that I think is so perfect is if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. And if, if people could just figure that out you know, but we're all looking for our castle in the in the clouds, right? Everybody is mm. looking for the next best best. You know, what's the next best step in my in my life? What's what's next? Next, thank you. Next, <laughs> you know. So, mm. um, gosh, yeah, I think you know it, it, the answers to those questions make make a. That's why the million dollar matchmaker <laughs> has, has a TV show because she knows all that stuff. Mm. I would love to know if you you ever find out, will you call me and tell me?
0: Oh, absolutely. I well, See, I got it easy. I'm i I'm married now and I thought I did a pretty good job. Um, So thankfully I don't have to worry about that anymore. So should somebody whisper in my ear and tell me what the answer to that question is? I will certainly tell you. Although you, you must know, I mean, you are um, a woman, you know, you've, you're a lovely woman. You must know what you don't like and, you know, what, what a turnoff at a bar is, you know, a guy being too close in your face, you know, I, I I would imagine you have some, um, and maybe that's unique to everybody though. You know, maybe your boundaries are different than other boundaries.
1: I sure it's unique to everybody, but one of the things that I figured out about myself a long time ago is that attraction for me makes no sense at all. It is just Mm. visceral. So I can't, you know, my, I have my best friend can say I like guys that are tall and blonde. I have no type. I have been <laughs> in love with guys that were short and chubby with a bald spot on the back of their head, <laughs> tall, dark and handsome, and everything in between. I I think it's more it's it's just very chemical for for mm. me personally and I can walk I can be in a bar and somebody that I'm don't feel attracted to will come up next to me and I can't get away fast enough. And somebody that <laughs> I do feel attracted to will get no closer to me than the other person did. And I, and I will cozy right up. So mm. I, you know, I, I, I just, it just is what it is with, with me personally.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, here, I will try to um, put these questions. Well, they aren't really that spicy, but they are more spicy than my style.
1: Okay, well, I got my hot sauce right here, so bring it.
0: <laughs> Okay, um, how does a, a couple keep the, the sexual fire burning hot? You know, for any couples out there listening, what's something that they can do? You know, if things are starting to stagnate. What are, what are some things that they can do to keep it burning hot?
1: Hmm. Well, um that is a good question. Uh I'm not into anything real over the top, but I think it's important to try new things, don't get in a rut, go on you know go on a vacation and and try some things that are new. And you know maybe talk as a couple about what what those lines are cuz everybody's going to have different boundaries about what's okay and what's not. But as long as it's not, you know, you push the boundaries, but don't step over the line, and just uh, try new try new things.
0: Have you um, Have you ever kissed a woman?
1: I have not.
0: Any Have you ever been curious?
1: No, and no judgment. By the way, no judgment at all for those that do. Um, I have family members that are so inclined male female trans uh, pan mm. um, so no judgment whatsoever, but for me, I am just about as straight as you said. <laughs> I like men, I like everything about men, I like sweaty men, i like i like I like guys i'm a, i'm that's just what I like. <laughs>
0: Okay, what about this? Um, from the sounds of it, you—it's not that you—you you would have um, experience in this matter, but I would be curious to know what you what you think. What do you think? You know, the way TV portrays it, and um, and every every teenager's fantasy, probably every American man's fantasy. Perhaps I know I'm generalizing there. Please forgive me. What do you think the big deal is with threesomes? Why does why does it seem like every guy on TV? That's what he wants two chicks. What do you think it is about that?
1: I think it's um, and I think a lot more women may be curious about that than would like to admit. Personally, I don't share well. So I think that would be very uncomfortable for me personally. But I think it's a fantasy because it's it because of what I just said. Honestly, I think for a lot of people that is pushes the boundary without crossing the line. Mm. And so if you, you know, and everybody wants to get, and as you push your boundary, right, your line will move out and out and out and out and more and more and more will become inside, you know, just barely inside the line. And, you know, I, listen, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday, but things are, this is the modern world and I'm not I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything that they think is wrong. But I think sex is awesome. I think everybody should have amazing sex in their life and if you're in a monogamous relationship, talk talk to your significant other and talk about those lines and certainly don't, you know, piss off your your SO but <laughs> push push the boundary, you know, but just butt right up against that line and and do things that are that are fun. Hey, you know, even if there is reincarnation, we don't know that for sure. This is the you know, I don't believe in it, but a lot of people do. This this is where we are. Don't live for tomorrow, live for today. Your bus could be around the corner, mm. right?
0: Absolutely. And I, and by the way, that's nothing I know about, uh, but I just, uh, you know, when I was younger, it's, that was just this like, and, and it, you know, they say that how uh, porn like hurts people basically by watching it too much, especially young men. And so it's like, you get, it's almost like you get some version of like PTSD or something. You just can't get these images out of your head. And I, I think there is probably a healthy reason why some people may want that and venture into the, that territory of sexual exploration. But then I also wonder if it's sort of just like a, a disorder for some of these people who just uh, fixate on these uh, sexual. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if there is such a thing as an immoral sexual choice when everybody consents. I, I don't know.
1: And Well, I, you know, I think anything is a sin that you're doing that you think is wrong. So I'm, I'm not saying there's no absolute truth. I do believe in absolute truth, but certainly a person should not do something that's then going to spin them into a, a guilt, you know, that, that they're going to feel guilty about. Porn is a whole other thing. I mean, porn is not, that's not realistic. I haven't seen mm. a lot of porn, but what I have seen that ain't sex. I mean, <laughs> that's not how sex happens. That's not how sex works. That's not, that's not realistic. So as if young people are watching that and think, thinking that's how sex works. I ain't, that ain't it. That's not, that's not, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Unless you know something, I don't know.
0: Nope. Nope. I'm on par <laughs> with that. I'm on par with that. And I am quite happy with, um, how things are. I don't need much more than what I got now. Um, Kathy Cameron, thank you so much. Uh, Shooter, season one out now on Amazon Prime, starring Eddie Lane, Kathy Cameron, created by Gray Cauldron, directed by Gary Schmad. And today I have you on the show. Thank you for representing your um, picture so well. Um, And I hope you had a great time, Kathy.
1: I did. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, it's been my pleasure. Um, I wish to show all the success in the world. Um, thank you very much. I hope we talk soon.